Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Another big Wednesday night hump day episode of Philadelphia's favorite radio station. Jeff Fischer here. Oh yeah, there's the whoop whoop. I wait for it. I try to delay and wait for it, but there it is. Jeff the Shark Perini, your host, with me as always, the amazing, the beautiful, one of the greatest co-hosts any entertainer could ask for. The amazing Jewel Tady. Jewel, good evening. Good evening, Jeff. I can't knock the smile off my face. I'm so excited for tonight. You got to see the smile. She's dancing. She's smiling. She's radiant. You know, you would almost think she just got late. That's how excited she looks right now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> too, too much. Got to get a red off. Too much. Got to get a red off jump. <laughs> got to get a red off jump. Oh. Got to get too broken in. She she breaks in when I bust on her. Tonight is a massive show. And this is one that Jewel has waited for. Jewel's a massive fan. A lot of her family members are massive fans. I'm a massive fan. People all over are a massive fan. Comedy, acting, music, writing, radio. This guy's got it all. And apparently the chicks dig this guy, too. Hal Sparks is our guest Woo! tonight. Yes. Absolutely so excited. You remember Hal from uh, Queer as Folk. You remember him from the I Love the 80s and I Love the 70s and I Love the 90s on VH1. Uh, comedy routines, talk soup. I can go on. So much stuff. But we're going to go on later on, and Jewel's going to go on because she is a massive Hal fan, and we got tons of stuff to talk to him about. And we're hoping this baby goes on and on. If he is half as fun to interview as he is to uh, listen to and watch, it's going to be an awesome one. Jewel? Tell us, how you feeling? Hashtag Hal Sparks Takeover. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, I've been a huge fan of his since high school, and I'm just so happy he's on here. It's going to be really fun, and I just can't wait to hear what he has to say. He's coming to Philly in about two weeks, and uh, me and Jeff are dying to go. So, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm really, really excited. If you're listening and you're tuning in and you're a regular listener or you're a friend of myself or Jules and you want to get some entertainment value, Hank, uh, Hank well, I'm just calling him Hank. Hal's going to be on around 8.30. And I am within that interview. I'm going to beg. I'm going to be a whore. I'm going to be a flat-out stoop slut and beg him for tickets to his comedy show. Helium Light Club, December 7th, 8th, and 9th. We'll get to that later on. I'm going to beg like a little puppy dog for Hal Sparks tickets. You get to hear it. You get to hear me make a complete ass out of myself, which is why we do this, too. Am I right? We'll, we'll buy the tickets. Just get us uh, backstage because we would, we would love to meet them. So that, that, that would uh, be enough for us. 
<laughs> Take it easy, Joel. First, you ask for the free stuff, and if you can't get it, then you buy the tickets. Then you ask for a little VIP session with my man, Hal okay. Sparks. It's going to be great. Always like this guy. Cracks me up. Yes. Very funny. Awesome. The stoop gets the guest, folks. We're, we're getting the guest. And uh, it, it's Guy Week. Yep. Yeah, it's Guy Week. So we got to thank, speaking of Guy Week, we have to thank Monday's guest. Awesome guy. Great, regular, down-to-earth guy. Almost as good-looking as me. Josh Server was on the show. And uh, 90s Kids, remember Josh? He was on uh, all that and a lot of Nickelodeon stuff. And uh, he just had so much to say. Great interview. Gave us Phil Eagles a lot of props, too. But, you know, Josh, yes, he did. kind of like right at home. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like he was sitting in the studio with us just chilling out. He was that much fun, and we're hoping to get that kind of fun tonight. Like we do every night. We're here. We're live. Jewel's all, uh, Jewel looks a little snazzy tonight. She got a little, uh, you know, got a little scarf going on there and a little button plaid shirt, it looks like. Looking good, Jewel. I got my Guns N' Roses t-shirt. Yeah, there's a As party. Always. <laughs> there, there is a party uh, tonight, and we want to, of course, from the stoop, wish a very happy birthday. To the amazing man responsible for our amazing Jewel Tatey, it's a very happy birthday to Jewel's dad. Jewel, uh, let's uh, hey. shout out. Yes, happy birthday, Dad. He's the best dad, like I said. I just, I love my dad so much. He's my best friend, and he's such a great grandfather. Uh, all the kids call him Pappy. He's Captain Pappy Jack. Happy birthday, Captain Pappy Jack. We love you. Happy birthday, Captain Happy Jack. Pappy Jack. Pappy Jack. Yep. Pappy Jack. <laughs> Happy birthday, Captain, Captain Pappy Jack, and thank you on your birthday for allowing me to steal your wonderful daughter for a couple of hours. Uh, you couldn't quite beat out Hal Sparks, Dad, I don't have to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> You're making all these crazy jokes on my dad's birthday special <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get, you know, I, wow, I did come out, I did come out and say that. <laughs> A little sucker when you win those jokes. Uh, my apologies to the entire Tatey family. I'm pretty sure that any family reunion won't include me. I've learned that now. Uh, sorry, folks. Happy birthday, uh, Jack. Jack? Thank you. Yes. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jack. Um, and happy birthday to anybody out there celebrating a birthday. Top five list time. We always do it here if you're new to the show. We do a top five. We pick a different topic for every episode. We give our five, uh, our personal favorites, our personal least favorites, whatever the hell it is. And Jewel came up with the topic tonight. It's kind of Hal Sparks-esque. We like to base it on the guest. Since Hal is such a vast knowledge of trivial things in 80s and 70s and nostalgia and all that, we did top five cult classic movies. Five that are considered cult classic. There's that party going on. That's great. And people are just living up. Sorry. Jack. Sorry having, about that. Yeah, it's great. Jack's having a hell of a birthday. We love it. That's great. It's great to hear. Top five cult classic movies. Jewel, this is your baby. I'm going to let you kick it off. I'm going to let you give us your top five cult classic movies. Whew. Okay. Um, this was kind of easy. And cult classics could be, you know, a variety of different things. But the definition I looked up was... Movies that had a certain following, you quote them, you know, you might go back to the theater 20 years later to see them, and they're, they're basically from your childhood or growing up, and, and your favorite movies of all time that, that, that have that certain following. So, with that said, uh, number five is Lost Boys. Lost Boys, 
was probably, you know, one of the first horror movies I saw being a 90s kid. And every time it's on still, you have to quote it. You have to sit and watch the whole thing. And it's just, it will always be a classic. Um, yeah, what else can you say? Um, you can, you can but, say Jamie Gertz. Yeah. Who's that? Jamie Gertz. Come on, Lost Boys. Jamie Gertz. Oh, oh. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. Star, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, she's yes, beautiful. Sir. Yeah. Michael. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> number four. Labyrinth. I Lab- grew up with Labyrinth. It's one of my all-time favorite. David Bowie is a Goblin King. I have home movies of me dancing with my baby doll, like throwing it up in the air like Toby, um, singing all the songs. And it's like when you meet another person who loves Labyrinth because – my boyfriend hates Labyrinth because, you know, his sister watched it her whole life growing up. So he he makes fun of me every time I watch it. But it was just cool because I got to sit down with my daughter and watch it, and she loved it. So it's just one of those movies you could pass on. There's Muppets. There's scary things. And it's all good. They steal a baby, but it works out in the end. I love Labyrinth. <sighs> Number three, my man. <laughs> Pee-wee. <laughs> Pee-wee. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love all the Pee-wee movies. I love the circus. What was that called? Big Top Pee-wee. Um, I did, like I said before, I had full-string Pee-wee dolls, and I was obsessed with them as a little kid, and I still have to watch a movie anytime it's on. There's so many great scenes and quotes and large marge and big butts and just the whole the whole movie, and it's one of those movies you just remember sitting down with your family and watching, too, so... Still a classic. One of my favorites. Alright. And number two. The big... Oh, sorry. I can't talk tonight. The Big Lebowski. Jeff, have you seen it yet? You know, still have not seen it. I'm going oh live God. on air and telling everybody I've not seen it yet. I know. It's so good. It just makes you want to drink a white Russian and go bowling. The dude is the man. The dude Indeed. abides. That whole movie is just hilarious. John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, y- you have to watch it. It's such a good movie. All-time favorite. And number one, I consider this a cult classic in my eyes because, one, it's one of my favorite movies, and it has so many great quotes, and like everyone I meet who loves this movie can quote it, and I know it's going to be like it's an older, it's a older like it's a newer movie, but I think it's going to be a classic going down the line. But it's Grindhouse's Death Proof. Tw- Quentin Tarantino, Grindhouse, the first movie, Death Proof. I love all the scenes. I love Kurt Russell as the freaking crazy serial killer, stuntman Mike, and it's it has great music. The soundtrack's awesome. I can. I can quote that movie front to back, and yeah, it's one of my favorites. I have the, the poster and everything on my wall, and uh, yeah, it's it's probably my favorite Tarantino movie too. So, my top five. That, that's not bad. That, that's not bad at all. Kind of uh, outside of the realm of what I expected. Um, Pee Wee Herman, for all you who missed Monday's show, um, was one of Jules' <laughs> top five crushes growing up. I, I still don't get it. I don't think Pee Wee Herman gets. I think if he might have heard, he'd be like, "What me?" But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good left grind. That was a that was a shocker. Uh, my top five, it cheated a little bit. I went down many different lists of a hundred 
greatest cult classics as people have voted. And I started looking at some of the movies and said, okay, I can buy that one, and I've seen that one, whatever. Uh, so my top five starts at number five, and what is better than seeing a young, sexy Jane Fonda naked than digging the movie Barbarella? This was probably the worst, best movie ever. It was so bad. <laughs> but, and I know the old war veterans are going on my case here about being such a Jane Fonda fan. I loved Jane Fonda. You think she was just, oh, And uh, you just got naked in this movie, so why not? Let's watch it. I think if a rat's ass what it was about. Probably couldn't tell you half of what it was about. And everyone didn't care. But that's uh, number five. That's number five, cult classic. Uh, here's a movie I loved, uh, number four. And I didn't realize it was a cult classic until I started seeing all these lists. And a goodie. And I saw it in the movie theater way back when, 1941, with uh, John Belushi. That's uh, at the height of the Saturday Night Live days with Belushi and, and Aykroyd and all that gang. Uh, 1941 certainly was... A pretty good movie. I liked it. It's funny. It had its weird moments. Belushi uh, was always good. Always enjoyed uh, watching him. So that got on my list as well. Number three, De Niro, Taxi Driver. That's when De Niro was a little younger, a little Ooh. more out there. Looked like a badass. It was such a great movie, man. Scary, really. You know, and a different kind of scary. Not like, ooh, frightening, but just like a weird, crazy-ass guy kind of scary. Psycho yeah. Scary is a good way of putting the yeah, awesome taxi driver, number three. Number two, a movie I liked. I even thought it was a cult classic before I went on these lists. And it's a movie I enjoyed as a younger guy because I love the actor, Harrison Ford. And it's Blade Runner. Blade Runner was mm. so unique for its time, so different. Set out in the future. It was confusing. You had to see it a couple times to get the gist of it. Very cool movie. They're actually, uh, they actually did a remake. Uh, not a remake, a uh, sequel, if you will, with... Um, who's that? Blonde-haired, hot guy, all the chicks like. Give me his name. His name slipped my mind. Is it Chris? Chris Pine? Is that no? Is that right? Um, I, I can't believe I forgot. Ryan Gosling. That's Ryan it, Gosling? Ryan. Wow. Oh, that's okay. Embarrassing. It's, it's old age I haven't Chris seen Pine. it. I'm sorry. That's embarrassing. That's what happens when you get old. You, you forget. But uh, yeah, another Blade Runner coming out. Blade Runner. And number one, I didn't even know this was a cult classic. And when everybody started voting it a big cult classic, I'm like, you know what? That's my goddamn number one. One of the greatest movies ever. The Princess Bride. Yeah, oh. so, the Princess Bride, Joe, I don't know what you were going for, but The Princess Bride, <laughs> if that's a cult classic, then I am the king of cult classics. Great movie. It had so many stars in it. Carrie Elways was in it. Of course, he was great. And uh, um, Andre the Giant was in it, Billy Crystal, and uh, Christopher Guest, and uh, God, there were so many great people in it, and, and just an awesome movie. Hilarious. That's one that I quote from top to bottom. I love that friggin' movie. Mandy Patinkin. Uh, awesome. Princess Bride. That is my number one cult classic movie. Great job by both of us tonight. i got to say, some great lists. We'll go back down, Jules. Number five, a movie I absolutely love. Made, made, might have been sixth on my list. Lost Boys. That's a terrific one. Number four, Labyrinth with the late, great um, uh, David Bowie. Wow, I'm really like forgetting names like David Bowie. Number three, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Who didn't love Pee-wee Herman back then and the tequila dance and great stuff there. Number two, The Big Lebowski. That's one of many people's favorites. And number one, a little bit of a surprise there, Grindhouse. Uh, the first Grindhouse. Yeah, that that was surprising. A good one, though, because that has the makings of a cult classic and definitely yeah. a movie that can, that can gain some legendary status. Kind of like a Reservoir Dogs, kind of, if you will. So that, that mm-hmm. was a great choice by Jewel, number one. Uh, for me, again, and Naked Jane Fonda, Barbarella, that's all you have to say. Who gives a shit what it's about? 1941 with John Belushi. That should be the name of the 
movie Naked Jane Pond. Uh, 1941, John Belushi, De Niro's greatest taxi driver, number two, Blade Runner, uh, with Mr. Harrison Ford. And number one, of course, The Princess Bride. It's inconceivable. I keep using that word. I'm pretty sure it doesn't mean what I think it means. Mowage. <laughs> Mowage. Is today. Uh, yeah, awesome. That, that was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed that great topic, Joel. Outstanding. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. I thought you were going to say the Goonies. No, you know, the Goonies to me isn't really a cult classic. It's very popular, yeah. overly popular. Like I was thinking Sandlot, but again, overly. Aww, I don't want to go with something that's usually popular. I have Sandlot's one yeah. of the greatest movies. But I didn't want to go with something really obvious. I wanted to go with movies that are a little more off the cuff, a little more offbeat. And when I start seeing some of these on the list, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. And that's what we did. It came out great. You know what, too, that almost made my list? It was uh, Natural Born Killers in, in California with Brad Pitt. I love that movie. I have to watch it that, anytime it's on. That's a, an interesting movie. I've seen that. Um, I've seen them both. Natural Born Killers, I don't know, didn't really do it for me. But kind of weird. I love Although Crazy I, um, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> everybody loves Crazy Woody Harrelson. Um, the chick in that movie, I, like I said, my memory starts. Juliet Lewis. Uh, for a long time, I used to hear rumors how she was like the greatest lay in Hollywood. I don't know. Like she was the best in bed in all of Hollywood. Well, she got know. Brad Pitt. Hello. Yeah. Um, it, there's got to be something going on there. Got to be good somehow. <laughs> I always think what? of her in the scene in old school. And she's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to tell you. And like that and stuff. Like she's so dumb in that movie. Oh, yes. God. Quite the, quite the actress. Apparently, she rocks it in the sack too. So go get him. She's a good singer, um, though. She does have a good yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah. I like you know I like artists like that that venture out, like Hal. And uh, speaking of artists and actors that are great singers, let's get to some Hal Sparks. How about it? Zero One is the name of Hal's band. Jules freaking out, and he's not even here yet. <laughs> Zero One <laughs> is the name of what? Hal's band, and uh, we have a track for you from Zero One. Uh, it's called Strange, and as soon as you start hearing the lyrics, you don't know what it's about, fellas. It's about getting yourself a little strange. House Sparks, <laughs> uh, the band again is zero one. This is a track called Strange. It's a little over three minutes. We'll pop it on now. We'll come back to a little talk, and we'll have how long soon. So settle back, get a beer, take a piss, whatever it is you do. We'll be back in a little over three minutes.
House Sparks. Zero One is the band. House Sparks is the lead singer. Just looking for some strange. Get dressed up, ladies, and get out. Check out Zero One because they're looking for some strange. <laughs> How about that range? How about House Sparks? Killing it. Uh, the band was originally called the House Sparks Band, uh, but they decided to go with the band. And, uh, the name Zero One. They've actually changed members. Uh, they're uh, got a new album coming out and some new tunes. So that's exciting. Stuff to look forward to. Jules amped here like a giddy little schoolgirl. So Dory, you got to say, her smile was like real big. Her cheeks are getting like a little bit red. Oh shush. She won't even look at me in the face. It's adorable. Stop. No, yeah, so. I've just been a fan of Hal Sparks and his band since high school. So it's just it's nuts, and uh, I'm really excited. He put out great music, and I'm just. Super pumped. Really, I mean, when you when you go down a list of things he's done, it doesn't seem like he does anything wrong, does it? Like, all his no. stuff is just And he can do enjoyable. it all. Like, everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently. Um, and it's great. I'm, I'm a little jealous. Because <laughs> he's great. Shipping. Comedian. Uh, kind of <laughs> reminds me of, uh, yeah, oh, I am. Uh, reminds me a little bit of, uh, you know, you dwell through past guests when we had uh, Sean Kanan on. Kind of like Sean. Sean was a cook, uh, an author, yeah. uh, an actor, uh, karate, and he was doing all this stuff and doing it all well. And he was in uh, comedy also. And that's kind of way how it is. So I guess when you're, when you're talented and you got it like that, you know, you really spread it out. And it's great. And we love it. His music, yep. he'll be on shortly to talk to us, probably make us look silly and how funny and excellent he's going to be. He also does radio shows. We're going to ask him for a little advice. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure if Jewel had her way, yeah. Pretty sure if Jewel had her way, it's going to be the stoop starring House Sparks and Jewel Tatey on the outside looking at No. I love our stoop. I do love our stoop. It is our little stoop. Uh, And we come to you every Monday and Wednesday night with great topics and great music and great guests and it's awesome stuff. Um, real quick, before Hal comes on the show, we're going to talk about the great upset that happened. Sexiest Man Alive contest. It was voted. This year's Blake Sheldon. Blake Sheldon is the sexiest man alive. Breaking news. Beating out, yeah, beating out Jeff Perini by a hair. Wow. Oh, so close. If you so look close. At the, uh, look up the upcoming magazine. It was, uh, you know, they show me on the stoop with my headset on and they said number two and making his way to the top but I know Blake Shelton this year's sexiest man alive a little bit of that race not a lot of people were with it no um, yeah Jewel had mentioned a couple names Idris Elba Jason Momoa and you know people that men that some people thought that should have been voted um, 41 year old country music star had his own thoughts on his new title um, <laughs> Jewel's like waving things at me there uh, the voice coach took Twitter, took to Twitter on Tuesday night, writing, "Thank you at People Magazine. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. How can you? If I hated everybody that was beautiful, I would start by not looking in the mirror. I would hate myself." Congratulations. Oh my God! Congratulations, Blake Shelton. Uh, He's singer, like, I TV don't know. Guy. He's like down home you country boy, but seriously, they need a little. Like, I really thought it was going to be Jason Momoa. And he just got married, and he's Aquaman, and he's, he's like, he's enormous. Like, he is a force to be reckoned with. Like, I just thought it was his year. And, um, yeah, he's been acting for a long time. I actually used to watch old Stargates uh, with Mike, and, and he, I recognized him from there. So he's been doing it for a really long time, and I, I thought he deserved it. And he just married Lisa Bonet after 12 years. 
so they're very happy. They're like the cutest couple. Oh, that's so cute. But that's, you know, that's, it's funny you say that because, like, you see the preview for Justice League, and I just look at him, and I'm like, is that guy like a computer superimposed image? That can't be a real person. He's got, like, an awesome body, the hair, the face. He's got this awesome beard. Yeah, and in Game of Thrones, like he's the Dothraki king, and he's a monster. Like he's huge. So I don't know. I just thought it was his year. But <laughs> wait, what did this one girl say? I have to. She said, "I have had a fridge cuter than Blake Sheldon." <laughs> wait, there was another. <laughs> oh God, it was funny. I'll find it somewhere, but yeah, they were person on Blake, poor Shelton, 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 left and right. Shelton, Blake Shelton. I had a hard time getting it out too. Shelton, look at some, Shelton. When you look at a list of some past winners, it might be a little off the cuff though. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, Adam Levine, How's that Channing off the cuff? Tatum, <laughs> Bradley They're Cooper. All... No, I mean, I mean, Blake is a little off the cuff, a little different than what we're used oh, to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, Channing Tatum, Bradley Cooper, Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman. Matt Damon, Matthew McConaughey, Jude Law, Denzel Washington. A different a different breed of guy. Yeah. I don't know. I guess Blake Shelton, I, I met, guess he's... I met one of the sexiest men alive. I met Bradley Cooper on 94.1 back in my internship days. Very and awesome. I, I didn't get a picture. I was so upset I didn't get a picture. But his, his manager was very pushy, so <sighs> I missed my shot. That stuff happens. The, the managers, you know, definitely take over and don't want these people really to be human. I saw Bradley Cooper uh, eating breakfast outdoors at the West Avenue Grill. I sat right next to him. Nah. And, uh, yeah, pretty awesome. The one in Jenkintown, that was his hometown. Sat next Very to cool. him, and he was with, uh, you know what, tonight, with me and forgetting names. Not <laughs> He's oh, with the, what? The, the, Not the, Jennifer the Lawrence, former. right? No, nah, the former girlfriend, the one from a while back, uh, the little blonde, stringy thing, Bridget Jones' diary. Ooh. I forget her name. Oh, Renee Zellweger? Was that, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Oh, she's awful. <laughs> she's awful. <laughs> Very unpleasant. Very she, unpleasant. She's stringy. I thought she was plump. And then... One of the, uh, she, one was, of the she was unpleasant? Yeah. One of the waitresses asked for her uh, for a picture. And she said, no, I don't think so. So if I give a picture to you, my picture will be up in every laundromat in this town. I'm not having it. And I'm like, wow. No way. Yeah, yes way. I was shocked. Wow. I, shocked. I hate I it when you find out that celebrities are jerks. I know, right? Bradley Cooper came up and asked for my autograph. I was really embarrassed. Oh, wow. He's like, I heard him in the elevator with him. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, aren't you the sexiest man alive? I'm like, not close. He's like, aren't you on the stoop? I'm like, absolutely. No, it didn't happen. None of that happened. That's actually before my stoop days. It was a couple of years back. I stabbed a grill. Bradley Cooper. He's a Philly guy. Maybe we'll come on the stoop. It's all about Philly. What do we do here? Isn't he Albert Darby? Uh, who, Bradley Cooper? Mm-hmm. No, Jenkintown. Oh, uh, Jamie yeah. Kennedy's Upper Darby. Jamie Kennedy and uh, Sherry O'Teary, formerly of uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah, I love her. She's up, so. Yeah, she was kind of cute. She was that, you know, She's in that category. If you got a couple of beers in it, you'd be like, what the hell? Oh, my God. 
Ruthless. Ruthless tonight. Ruthless. Ruthless tonight. I, I got to get my, my digs and my zings on my funny shit out before Hal comes on. It embarrasses me. So I got to get the best of my funny out before uh, he comes on the interview and I'm like, duh, 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 duh. so, uh, Hal, uh, you're funny. He's going to, like, make me look like an ass. So, yeah. Get it out now. <laughs> <laughs> should be coming up uh, should be coming up any moment around the 8.30 time frame maybe a little later uh, it is going to be Houseworks lead singer of Zero One host of Talk Soup actor of so many great great television shows Michael Novotny Michael Novotny Zoltan of course from Two vs. Michael Zoltan. we didn't do Zoltan and, you know, okay. I did Zoltan oh, yeah I've been doing this all day trying to get ready. <laughs> I know. saw the movie a bunch of times. Still can't do this all day. Yeah. I do it real fast. Woo. Okay. Do it real fast. We need sound effects. <laughs> we do. We do need sound effects. I've been working on sound effects. I mean, the uh, audio playback for our little impromptu studio is a little shaky. Uh, even the, the, I mean, listen to the song tonight, a little off. We, we hate that. The lead song was a little off tonight, but we make do with what we have. The millions of dollars we earn on this show, we basically stash in the sack. We're not we're not spending any of it. We're just earning. Yeah. Pockets full of cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pockets full of cash. And we're okay with that. Fine. Oh, I, you know, I, I'm sitting here and I'm saying pockets full of cash, but the millions I make. Meanwhile, Jewel only makes, uh, you know, like 100 bucks a week. I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's a budget. Okay. So I had to pick up a couple of side jobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The studio won't, I mean, the studio, the network won't let me pay her anymore. And that. We'll, we'll contract negotiate. We'll see what we can do. Suckers. <laughs> Suckers. Ah, uh, folks, let's get ready. Here we are, the moment we have all waited for. Ultra super excited. Can't wait to get to this gentleman. The amazing and ultra talented Mr. Hal Sparks. Hal, good evening and welcome to the stoop. Thanks. It's nice to be here. Well, in, you know, in digitally speaking. How are you? Yes. Hi, Hal. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm great. We're nervous. Uh, Hal, I'm going yeah, to get right to yeah. it. Before we start, before we get with anything, I'm going to come right out and tell you that Jewel is a massive fan, and she's very nervous and has been counting down the days to have you on here. We're super excited. So let's thank you, first of all, for coming on. And um, Of course. And join us here. On- and I think that that's shows great. taste and breeding on her part, by the way. But yeah, absolutely. I, I, <laughs> I told her she's got great. I told her she got great taste. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah. sure, I'll let you get started. Um, ask, ask away. Let's get started with Hal, Jewel, whatever you want to uh, get off your chest. Yeah. <sighs> yes. Um, no pressure. Yeah. So, Go right ahead. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I know. We're just gonna dive right in. Um, you That's do great. so many things. You're an excellent actor, comedian. Mm-hmm. You you delve into pretty much everything. You have a successful podcast you're doing your comedy tour um like how did you get started with the whole with the whole entertainment field we heard you started off at at second city and when did you decide to like move to la and and really go for it yeah i was uh well i was already working professionally when i was living in chicago um i when i'm i'm from kentucky to chicago when i was 14 Basically, that's when I discovered that stand-up was a job and not just magic. At that point, I thought, like, all all theatrical events were magic. Like, nobody hired people to do that stuff. Nobody had that as a job. It was just something somebody spotted you and said, hey, you should be in movies, that kind of story. But I didn't really get the idea that there was a ladder at all, that there was any climbing to it. 
that it was just kind of, it, it happened or it didn't, you got discovered or you weren't. And when I got to Chicago, it was like, Chicago has a very kind of blue collar, you know, Midwestern view of what it takes to make in the industry. You just start at the bottom and you get better all the time. And eventually people trust you with more and more important work, you know? And mm -hmm. once I saw that, I was like, oh, I could do that, you know? Okay, what's stand-up? Um, you write some jokes, you practice a little bit, and then you go do an open mic, and then after enough open mics, you could do, you can uh, MC. Once you MC, you can feature, feature, you can um, you get enough material, you can headline. Once you can headline, you can tour. That's it, right? That's the, that's the ladder, okay. And so I just wow. started at it when I was 15 years old. And then got my first professional acting job when I was 16, um, which was an after-school special, um, mainly because my dad, um, at that time I had an agent, and my agent had an office in L.A. They were, it was two women, and they, it, they were basically joined, but they but really separate offices. And I, my dad flew me out to L.A. for like 10 days at one point because I'd won a comedy contest and done some other stuff and was doing well at school, but he was going to kind of scare it out of me. The idea was that he'll take me to L.A., I'll go to a couple auditions, I won't get anything, I'll see how tough it is, and then I'll come back and get a construction job. And that was pretty much his plan. Oh. And it all fell apart because I auditioned for two things and got both of them. and had to choose between the two and, and, uh, and missed the first two weeks of my uh, junior year of high school because of that because I was filming. And so from that point on, it was like, okay, this is a job now. This is just work. And now it's a matter of how long it takes to get to a stable point where you get enough work where you can make a living and, and, and then build some sort of name for yourself. And that takes a while. So I figured I'd give myself a little bit of time, you know, and see how it worked out. So I figured once I'm Hume Cronin's age, if it hadn't happened yet, I would stop. <laughs> and so if I reached 72 and I hadn't booked anything, I figured, okay, maybe I should try another line of work. And so that was my yeah. plan. And then uh, I graduated uh, high school, packed all my stuff in my car, and drove to L.A. Wow. Yeah, that That's was it. Very awesome. Yeah, just get at it, you know. You're not, it, most, most things like that don't get any better by waiting for them unless you're building a skill, you know. Mm -hmm. Unless you're like, I'm a fairly good actor, but I need like 10 years in local theater to get my, you know, to get to the point where I'm comfortable enough to feel like I could do it on a major scale. If that's what you need, then that's what you should do. But if you have the ability of getting at it right away, you know, it's like, I want to be a steel worker, but I live in Indiana. It's not going to like, you kind of need to move to Pittsburgh at some point, you know, yeah. is the theory. That, that's awesome. It, and it's great because we, um, you know, I remember myself watching you, grow. I mean, I watched it in like the mm -hmm. uh, the I Love the series on VH1. I Love the 80s, sure. I Love the 90s, all that stuff. And you were great with your commentary and I seen you do comedy stuff and then you start landing stuff like Talk Soup. Kind of overwhelming uh, how fast it grew for you. Were, you. were you just shocked that it came so quickly or, or do you think in your mind it took no, more it, time than expected? Well, it was quicker for other people. I mean, I, I called this the, the 90s, the Sisyphus years. I didn't, you know, I'm, I would work, but I never got any traction. Every time I'd roll the rock up the hill, it'd roll back down that very night. There was no growth in my career at any point, you know. And then once I got to talk to it, kind of got a toehold and, and that, that I knew was semi-permanent as long as I didn't screw up too bad. And um, <laughs> the I love the 80s and 90s and all those things, that came about because at that point I had done talk soup and I was doing Queer as Vogue and people were calling me either 
by my character name on Queer as Folk or were saying, uh, hey, he's a dog soup guy. And so I, I decided <laughs> at one point to take anything offered to me that would Chiron my name under my face. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> at that point, CH, yeah, CH1 was doing this. Uh, they were talking about doing this 10-hour documentary on the 80s, which in, in the way they were pitching it was almost more like what CNN ultimately did. You know, it was going to be more of a documentary. They were going to ask celebrities from that time, mix and mingle the stuff from then. And they didn't quite know where it was going to go. And I got um, invited down to do it. for. And they were like, we were going to film. It'll take about an hour. You'll just sit in front of a green screen. We'll ask you a bunch of stuff. Um, the first day I sat there for eight hours. And, the, and, and then they brought me back the next day, and I did another eight hours. And I did the entire first I Love the 80s in two days. And just all improv, just whatever jokes came to me. And yeah. I'm, and I, most people know I'm fantastic in eight-second increments. So, that, <laughs> and, uh, and, and then that, that kind of, I, I kind of left it at that. And then it became its own kind of sideline industry. It became a second series almost that was running, you know, in between Queer's Folk and Lab Rats, you know, which is the Disney series. And, mm-hmm. and so it, it, in many ways, like, by the you know within 15 years I'd had three successful series, but it was only after about 12 years of ice skating uphill, you know, <laughs> which is yeah. you know the natural part, you know it's the natural part of this industry, and it should be hard. It should take you time. It should be challenging. It should make you question your ability because the the access you have to people's brains, there should be a vetting process. You yeah, know? and and we and, see what happens, you know, you know. Uh, regarding, you know, the the Weinsteins and the Louis C.K.s of the world, that if you don't have too much of a vetting process and you do get bumped to the front of the line fairly quickly, you don't get vetted, you know. And, yeah. And it's it's a lot of responsibility. And unless you're willing to kind of take on a part of it or, or be completely vacant from the space, like I act and then I just go away, um, then you don't belong anywhere near it, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have to tell you how that's that's like the first thing I saw you on, and then after I saw you on, mm-hmm. I love the nine. Like you cracked me up. I swear to God, I had a VHS tape with you singing, um, "Nothing Compares to You" as Sinead O'Connor. Oh, yeah. Like, oh my God, I had that, and I would watch it all the time and crack up. But then I, I then I looked up your music, and then I saw then I saw you were on Talk Soup because it was a little before my time, before my time of mm-hmm. watching VH1. Um, mm-hmm. But you are beloved as Michael on Queer as Folk and I was just curious as how to how you got that role and were you nervous at all taking it um because you know mm-hmm. it was a huge dramatic role and yeah can you just tell yeah, us but about you know the only I, I have to say the only hesitation I had at one point was there was a a, a scene where in the first script which was a an it was you know two episodes it's kind of like a two-hour premiere that they had originally written it out as, um, there was a, uh, like uh, a crying scene, essentially. And I'd been doing, at that point, because I'd been doing talk soup, and I'd just shot Doodler in my car, and I'd been doing sketch comedy and stand-up for the last, like, six years, that I really hadn't done any dramatic work since 92, maybe. And and so, you know, you have a moment where you're like, am, am I a little rusty? You're like a... You're like a gunslinger who has to you know, open the drawer and dust off his big guns. You're like, I hope this thing is is oiled enough to shoot right. And so, um, but then it was interesting because we, but I took it on because I 
I loved the script. And I thought it was all there. My my reps were a little nervous because they thought it was going to ruin my career. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 there's some argument, you know, that they could make that it did as far as the trajectory they had planned for me after Talk Soup. Um, but in so far as doing it, like it was, it was going to be a huge challenge. Most comics, most people who come straight off something like Talk Soup or or Dude Where's My Car end up doing a sitcom, and that's pretty much what you're relegated to. Nobody knows you can act until it's too late, and yeah. your career is kind of on a trajectory that will fizz out after a while. And you'll have to argue why you're a dramatic actor ten years from now. You know, yeah. I got really lucky in that I fit the part of this character. And, you know, it was kind of a perfect storm, and and I felt like I could deliver. And then the first, I literally think it was the second day we were shooting, I had this scene with Ted, uh, the Ted character, uh, Michael and Ted are talking in the club. It was kind of the opening of the show, and. Uh, at one point, you know, Scott, I, I know my character knows that Scott Lowell's character, who played Ted, is going to basically die that night. I know that he's, you know, we know the story, we know the script. The audience doesn't, and so it's not supposed to be a big emotional scene when he said goodbye and believe in yourself, kind of, to my character. But both of us knew what was coming for his character, so we started welling up on set while we are doing the scene, you know, getting kind of emotional about it. And after that, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not worried about it anymore. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I stopped, I, you know, I, I'm like, I, I'm having to hold back tears from scenes that don't even need it. So when it comes time to actually do the stuff that's required, I, I feel confident in my ability. And yeah. um, and it literally gets to the point on Queer Spoke where I had a, they gave me a script once where it, it had a couple lines of dialogue and all it said after that was, Michael breaks down quickly. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and it, what they meant is just, going from smiling to sobbing in one line. And, wow. and that is, you know, that's not the biggest challenge acting wise. It's very hard. It's not the biggest challenge. The biggest challenge is getting happy again and shooting without it looking like you've been crying all day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, so that, I mean, it was like doing, you know, 60 indie films doing Queer as Folk because of how it was shot. So it was fantastic as, a, as an experience as an actor. It's amazing. That's awesome. It, yeah. Yeah, it's good good to see so much range, comedy, drama. Uh one of your ranges uh that I love and we played a song earlier tonight from uh from your band Zero One. You got a great band here too. You guys are awesome, kick ass. Uh how important is oh, music yeah. to you? Is that something you want to get more into? Yeah, I mean I've been in band since high school, you know, and uh I've been playing guitar since I was sixteen. Um and in in some ways you're always you know, it's it's worth convincing people that you can be a musician or a singer or, you know, have any worth if you come from the acting world. And, you know, and it's less of it than if you come from music first. If you're a musician first, people will let you act until you screw right. it up. Um, and, you know, like, if you're... But if you're an actor and you decide to do music, you suck from day one. They can't hear the songs at all. Like, they, you know, so there's there's this preconceived notion that it's going to be terrible. Um, I've been wanting to. Uh, um, I've been wanting to. My girlfriend's sneezing in the other room. Uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, you know, I, I, lately I've been thinking about doing like an EP. Um, since since the I Love the '80s crowd is uh, is so beloved uh, of a bunch of like actor songs like Heartbeat by John Johnson and and yes. uh, <laughs> like The Wind by Patrick Swayze and, and oh my Jesse God. Girl and like all and a Hasselhoff song or something like that. Just called an, al- an an album of covers where I play all those songs. Just called How Dare They. 
<laughs> I just want to call the album How Dare They. Like, how Party dare all the they time. try to sing? Right, yeah. Oh, Party yeah. All the Time oh, would be God. a great cover. Oh. Although Boogie oh. in Your Butt, I think, is Eddie Murphy's classic of all time. Oh, my God. So, yeah, yeah, that's... That blows away. If you haven't heard song. it, you have to. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta listen to. Um, yeah. <laughs> enough is enough. His duet with Richard Simmons and Buckwheat is genius as well. But but the but Boogie in Your Butt is you know I'm oh saying look God. it up. Haven't heard it. I will. Uh, yeah. You gotta check it's it out. It's genius. <laughs> great stuff. So speaking so, of music, yeah. uh, speaking mm-hmm. of music, uh, two things I want to mention. First of all. Um, you got credited for an appearance in a Steel Panther video, uh, Party Like Tomorrow is uh-huh. the End of the World. Love those right. guys. Uh, how well do you know those guys? <laughs> I've known them since they were middle school. Um, oh, wow. My, my, band, my band Zero One's first gig ever was opening for middle school at the Viper Room when, I think nice. when Ray Luzier, who's in Corn, was the was still the drummer. Wow. Um, yeah, that was a long time ago. It was like 2001, maybe. And... Um, and then, you know, they became, uh, they were Metal Shop, and then they became Metal School, and then they became Steel Panther. And over the years, I started, you know, hopping up on stage and singing with them. And initially, it was interesting, because with my band, because I was singing untrained for a, lo- uh, for a lot of years, and I would blow my voice out. We did a little Midwestern tour, and I ruined my voice quite thoroughly. At the end of the tour, I was literally like, not only may I... I might not be able to sing again. I might not be able to speak again after this is over. I may have, you know, so it made me kind of go back to school and, and learn how to sing as a professional because the only difference between a professional and a natural talent is a professional can do it again tomorrow. And that's sure. the most important part of being a professional actor or a comedian or whatever. You have to be able to, anybody can do it once. you got to be able to do it three times, right? And so... Um, once I decided to like, get my voice in order, I would jump up on stage with those guys and end up singing Skid Row songs or um, Journey or whatever. And it kind of freaked people out that I could actually sing, and, and myself included. <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, it, beca- it was a real learning experience, you know, getting up on stage and doing these songs. And I never knew which song I was going to sing. They'd kind of, you know, pimp me with these songs and just throw me you know, to the dogs, as it were. And over time, like I, I literally, it, it was, it was kind of like stand up, and that stand up you can't practice anywhere else. You have to be on stage to do it. You cannot practice stand up at home. And yeah. singing, singing you can practice in a room with a coach forever before you ever sing. You know, you can go, okay, the song is well sung and you sound fine, but you can't learn how to be a front man that way. You can't yeah. learn how to perform on stage. You have to be, you know. So I started treating my jump ups with Steel Panther like frontman school, you know, because I wasn't my band. Right. I play guitar and sing. So every time I go up there, I just sang. I didn't have a guitar on me. So I was like, okay, how do I start finding what my my real artistry is as a frontman, as a performer, you know? And that takes time because you don't know who, you know. Everybody gets on stage, whether they think they like it or not. They're an egg. And and after a while they hatch, and after they hatch <laughs> yeah. they grow, and then they become a productive animal of some sort. And and it's you you don't have you're not in control of that time schedule. You don't know when that is. You could magically trip over and go, wow, you're you know, Alanis Morissette, and you're 17 years old, and that's your performance, or you're Fiona Apple, or something like that. Like where you just doesn't matter how old you are, you're that age forever. And then there are other people who are like, yes, they, I didn't like their early stand-up or their early acting, but, you know, 
it's like J.K. Simmons. I don't know how many people know they saw him years and years and years ago. Um, it's just now that he's kind of made his way into his own space. You know, Anthony Hopkins barely worked till he was 65. So, sure. yeah. um, right. So some, you know, and there's, that's tremendously reassuring too. So anyway, so the, not to turn into a philosophical discussion on being David Lee Roth, but the idea of getting <laughs> up with Steel Panther and performing <laughs> is one of those situations because they're making fun of you the whole time you're up there. It's, it, it, you know, you, you can really be mocked hard. It's the, it's the white Apollo in some ways when you're performing yeah. up there because they, even though they're nicer about it, a lot of people want you to fail. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but so, um, I, I loved your music back back in those days, though. Like, She Waits and Satellites mm-hmm. were my two favorite. And I, I saw oh, that thanks. you really, Yeah, I loved them. And um, I saw that She Waits was, was on another... The, the newest album with Strange. Um, mm-hmm. Are you thinking about uh, doing Satellites over again? You know, we might. I, I think, you know, we we don't really do that as much live as I used to do with the old lineup in the band. And, and it's one of the ones I'm working back in. We're now doing She Waits Live, which we never did in the original iteration of the band. But now that we have yeah. like a four-piece and everybody in the band right now can sing really well, um, that allows us to do the, the full harmonies and stuff. And so that was kind of what was waiting. And quite frankly, it was, for whatever reason, I had an emotional block on that particular song that it's, mm. you know, that singing it was so much work. And now, you know, I always think that the rule is if uh, if the song is a an eight, you have to be like, you have to be able to sing at a nine all the time. Once yeah. you can sing at a nine all the time, you don't worry about an eight anymore. And you can just sing it with right. real passion, real delivery, real personality, real genuineness. If you sing at a 7.5 most of the time, eight is very scary. And even if you manage to pull it off, it'll never be the song that it should be. So yes, it took exactly. me a while because I, I love the song so much. It took me a while to feel like, okay, I sing at a nine most of the time now. And it's it's an eight, so I really feel like we can do it justice. And so we've been working on it for a while. We've done it live twice now, and and I'm a big fan of doing it live. Yeah, I love that song, and it has to, it sounds tough to sing. Mm-hmm. So I applaud you. Well, it was the, you know it was interesting. It was at the top of my range when I started. Now it's not. And yeah. As a matter of fact, most people the dirty secret about the industry is that, uh, you know, as far as rock goes, is that most guys down tune half a step live. They make it easier on themselves. Well, some right. songs that makes it, sometimes that makes it worse. Sometimes it lowers your vocal cords and they, they kind of relax a little bit. And so the air can damage oh. them. And over time, even though it's easier in the beginning, after you've done it a few times, your voice is gone. You wear it out. And that's why like, if you notice, like, Paul Stanley's voice was killing it until they got to the reunion and they started singing the old songs yes. more, which were in a lower key, and that's way harder on it. And then they, So they would down-tune to do it, and then that damages your voice even more. And so when we do She Waits Live, um, a lot of the other songs are written down-tuned half-step, but She Waits is written in standard, which is, you know, regular, you know, E on the guitar. And so we switch guitars for that, and I sing it in its original key. Because if I go down a half a step, it might be easier for a little while, but after a while, I won't be able to sing at that level. So you just kind of—it's kind of like going to the gym. At a certain point, you can't get around the fact that you got to lift something heavy um, <laughs> for you to be able to, gotcha. you know, use it later. 
Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I had to get this shout out. We were talking about starting a little world tour music wise. Um, we had uh, this band on a couple weeks ago, and apparently they're friends of yours. You've made friends with them. Uh, Sagan Amory and Nick Quijano from Hail Sagan. Apparently you, uh, yeah, you know these guys? Yeah, I love those guys. Yeah, she, yeah she's of course. been on the show. She's great. Um, yeah, I, they're I terrific. I joked around um, that. We're trying, to do, a gig. Yeah, we're your, trying to do a gig with yeah. them. Okay. That would be incredible. Oh, well. That's yeah, they, um, <laughs> yeah, he was, um, you know, I like I've, I've met her because she came to um, the, the comedy you know, the comedy jam thing that I did for Comedy Central oh, and he played in the band on there. Um and we like really hit it off. Really talented people. Just sort of ridiculously yeah. so. Um <laughs> so yeah, the go- the goal is that I think that might be our you know, our setup but we've been talking about it lately of of doing a um kind of a run of us and two other bands or us all opening for King's X when they come to town, um, that kind of thing. Um putting oh, a bill God. together. So yeah. Wow. That's phenomenal. So, <laughs> I have to be Philly. at that show. <laughs> yeah, I get to Philly. Oh my god. Well, yeah, that's ha- the thing. Like, I, I love the idea of playing in Philly, and Philly, you know, it's not to suck up, but there's like only about five <laughs> cities in the country where I genuinely look forward to going back when I'm doing stand-up. You know, when I'm touring around, Chicago being number one. Of course. But then, you know, basically Seattle, L.A., um, San Francisco, New York, and uh, New York, Philly, and Boston are it like that. These are the cities where I feel like there's so much life there. And, and, you know, and <laughs> the funny thing is Philadelphia is, is like, my girlfriend and I are big Rocky fans. So when I first went yeah. there, I did the whole steps. We, you know, I was sending her <laughs> pictures from the statue. Like it was, it's a little dopey, but, um, but <laughs> I love awesome. it when I come there. So no, yeah. you have to do it. <laughs> That's great. Um, I have to say really quick, as we're doing shout-outs, I hope you don't mind. Uh, my cousin Brittany is listening. She listening. She's a huge fan of yours. Um, I told her you'd give a little hybrid. Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, you guys should just come down to the show or whatever. We'll take pics and hang out and do that kind of thing. Oh, my it's God. A, like, and the great thing, like, I, you know, Helium, you know, uh, the comedy club is, uh, oddly enough, a lot of comics really like Helium. And um, usually, if a comedian goes, you know what my favorite club is? It's the Chuckle Hut in Davenport, <laughs> Iowa, whatever it is. Um, they're messing with you, or they're absolutely insane. They either dated a waitress there, and that's the only reason. So, uh, the owner hooks them up with drugs. But it has nothing to do with the actual <laughs> club itself. It's some one-off experiential thing that they go through whenever they go into town, you know. They love deep fried Snickers, so whatever they like the casino <laughs> comedy club in you know Baton Rouge or whatever it is. So, but the Helium, I very distinctly the first time I ever played the Helium Club in, in Philly, I had a bunch of comics all of a sudden go, "Oh, dude, I love that club. I love that club." And I was like, "Uh huh." <laughs> <laughs> I heard it from so many guys. I was like, "All right, what is it? Is is there a toilet in the green room? Is that what this is?" Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, there's a, by the way, that's an inside industry joke. There's a comedy club in Key West, and, and your the green room is the bathroom in the office, and there's a toilet right across from the couch. <laughs> Great. Um, very glamorous. And, uh, <clears throat> but, but literally, they were like, oh, I love helium. It's great, or whatever. And I remember almost going there with dread. I'm like, all right, what's wrong with helium? And then after the weekend, I was like, they weren't lying. <laughs> it's great. 
And, uh, oh, my God. You never know with Philly. It, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a, you know, it's, got a, it's, a, it's a city with a lot of history and, a, you know, and a lot of just, uh, you know, variety of personality, too. It's not one of these, like, you know, oh, New York's got four neighborhoods and everybody acts the same or Boston's got Southies and whatever the rest of Boston. I don't know what the derivative of that is. But um, but but Philadelphia, you know, the, the nice thing is, is quite frankly, the, the the crowds are smart enough where I don't feel like I have to explain my jokes too much before I tell them. You know, they, it cuts <laughs> down on the setup by about, you know, eight seconds per, and that really matters after a while. <laughs> That's great. Everybody, uh, everybody in Philly is is a comedian. They'll tell you everybody thinks they're a comedian. That's why they're so quick to get them. And uh, let's run down those dates. Uh, Hal Sparks at the Helium mm-hmm. Comedy Club in Philly, December seventh, eighth, right. and ninth. They're actually doing five shows. Uh, two That's shows. Right. Uh, two shows Saturday. That's awesome. Um, before and one, we go into more questions. Thursday, yeah. Yeah, one on Thursday. Before we go to any more questions, yeah. me and Joe are going to beg to find out how we get on the Hal Sparks VIP list. Oh, um, <laughs> I think you already are because we did an interview or whatever. Oh, so I, yay. I yeah, I think I think uh, the folks will take care of it. Uh, you know, the peeps, the, the businessy people, all that stuff. Um, Your people are very friendly. I'll give you that. Uh, yes, they were very friendly and, yeah. and they worked with me. So, no, thank you yeah, so much. I I kind of, I'm kind of picky about that. Uh, that part of it, you know, I've been through it. I've had agents I wouldn't, you know, trust around family members, and then, you know, and then I've had, you know, the kind of people you'd let, you know, borrow your car with your kids, the kids still in the car seat. <laughs> but you know, but there, you know what I mean. There's a difference between, like, in some industry and some kind of almost family about it. The the interesting, you know, everybody says it's all about who you know in the industry. You know why that is. Is because everything costs millions of dollars. Nobody knows if anybody can pull anything off in this town. And so if you find one person who can do something well, you stick with them. If you know a yeah. director of photography who's not going to mess up, you're, the next time you have an $8 million or a $15 million or a $20 million project, um, you're going to want them because they're one more thing you don't have to worry about in, a, you know, in, in this uh, chainsaw juggling exercise that making a movie or a television show is, you know. Um, yeah. Think about it. Every person you know is a chainsaw you're taking out and replacing with a, a with a bowling pin. Yes, it's still a difficult act, but you don't have to worry about chopping your hand off. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing. It it, it, it's kind of, it's got to be yeah, scary. Well, so, like, haven't just. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, I was just saying. Yeah, it, it is, and you, you know that's what I feel like when most people get kind of like hostile about. Um, the the industry, you know, like, oh, it's just about who you know, and it's all insider, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you want to be able to trust people. It's Your your ass is on the line every single time you do anything. Um, you know, that's probably so, why a lot of people... Oh, sorry. Um, that's probably no, why a lot of people choose family, you know, because who's closer than your own blood? <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Uh, well, and sometimes that you know, that works against you. Um, you know, there's, a, yeah. you know, we've heard multiple stories of people who get rolled by their own relatives. There's, uh, quite a, a famous East coast comedian whose brother walked off with a bunch of his money. Um, that happens too, you know? Um, and so you don't, you can't check your expectations at the door, but what you can do is go, okay, they've been around it as much as I do. And they have as much drive as I do. They want the same thing for their life. 
so they're not going to screw me to get it. You know, it wouldn't benefit them. Yeah. Then you can then you can really trust you know it, it to move ahead. You know, like the Coen Brothers. You know, I think are a great example right. of like a working duo that produces genuine art, but it, you know isn't just making money. They're making movies. Um, and and so like I, yeah, I I think that's where family does work. Where it doesn't, you know, that's uh, there's some questionable ones out there, but. Well, we're happy. You're happy with your people, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, yeah, they're good people. I finally, after a while, I sort of weeded out the bad ones. My, you know, my stand-up agent, interestingly enough, he was an assistant at the agency when I first met him, and I just knew he was the first person I'd met at an agency in about 50 years that gave a damn about comedy. You know, he actually cares. Like he actually goes to clubs, watches comedy, understands what people are trying to say with their comedy. That it's an art form. That you can't take that for granted, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I got to tell you how one one thing mm-hmm. that I like to tell the males, being a guy myself. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. Hal Sparks is a massive chick magnet. All these ladies are. Is- oh my God, Hal Sparks! <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, you know, it's, it, 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 it's a conversation that comes up about um, the industry these days, especially with all the stuff that's going down, is that I, I'm like, did people just forget how to be attractive? I mean, that's, isn't that the yeah. point? <laughs> when you're being attractive to another person, even if you're not the best looking person, the idea is that you should be attracting people, not trapping them. It's not yeah. attractive. Awesome. Yeah, that's, you know? it's good. <laughs> and uh, and so... I guess I grew up in that kind of – it's the benefit of being an 80s metal fan or whatever, is that, you know, yeah. guys were allowed to be slightly androgynous and very alluring. And so that, that was the, that becomes the entire goal, you know. You only, you only really get credit uh, for, you know, being with somebody if they really wanted to be there. And so that should affect your behavior everywhere as far as you being attractive, you know, or trying yeah. to attract people. And I think that goes for everyone, for the record. I'm with the sound of my voice. Yeah, and if, well, and if need... we find you acting in contrary to that, we get to push your head through the floor. That's my rule. So, yeah. Well, you, you do. You have a, a large gay following. All the girls mm-hmm. love you, and no, it's mm-hmm. just great. Um, I, I wanted to ask you really quick. Uh, you're writing a book, a script, mm-hmm. and I heard heard you're going for another degree. And you have a movie coming out next year, um, The Bachelor Lions. Can you can you get into some of that with us? <laughs> yeah, sure. The uh, um, yeah, we shot Bachelor Lions earlier this year. Um, it was a, an indie film. Interestingly enough, where I play like a super agent. Um, curiously enough, and and while he's a fast talker and a bit of an asshole, the um, the great <laughs> thing about playing this character was is that I actually made him a good guy in a lot of ways because he's. He, his character, what changed over doing that to some degree, which I really liked because Paul, the director, gave me a lot of room to move on this, was that, yeah, he's a jerk, but the reason he's a jerk is his, he considers himself the filter in the, in, in the fish tank. Like, all these people want to be famous. All these people want to be on your television set in your movie, but they don't deserve to be. And the agent's job is to go, okay, you guys are going to get in there and screw it up. You have to show me you have worth that you, the audience deserves better than you, uh, you know, otherwise. And so I was like, once we played with that idea, I was like, that's something philosophically I can really get behind. Um, it's, the movie's really about people who get famous who don't deserve it. Um, and it's a fascinating little 
you know, romp comedy um, about that stuff. But but it was nice to have that little piece of it. The um, I'm I'm yeah I'm finishing up the script I've been working on for the last literally like sequestered at home for three weeks, and I need to have it done by the before I leave for the Thanksgiving holiday because the the, the industry shuts down starting basically um, right around Thanksgiving for the most part. Um, and to get a project kind of rolling, you, there are these like milestones you have to hit timing-wise. Otherwise, it pushes a window six to eight months into the future. So I, I've been cranking like crazy on this. And I'm, I've been working on an acting book called uh, Split the Difference, an actor's guide to acting with actors um, for a long time, which is a comedy book about um, – uh, uh, basically, it's a, <laughs> essentially it's about the fact that you can take all the acting classes you want, but are they really going to help you if your partner's a drunk um, in the scene? <laughs> you know, you know, they they prepare you in acting class for everything except, um, you know, your the you know you're you're acting on a on a tarmac with planes taking off, and you're going to have to revoice <laughs> the entire thing later. That kind of stuff. So it's really more practical um, and experiential. Um, and, and, you know, my kind of learning curve of like, wow, you know, it's act, the acting part is easy. It's the environment that you're in to do it. Because quite frankly, it's way harder to act in a Terminator movie than it is to be in a Meryl Streep film. It just is. Yeah. Meryl Streep film is like, that's a, that's a pillow. Everybody's trying to make you have the best performance. But when half, half your cast is CG and a, and a floating tennis ball that you have to talk to on a string and the other cast is wearing half a super suit and you have to cry, that's way more work. You know? <laughs> that's why Christian Bale lost his mind in the Terminator movie. It wasn't because, um, you know, he, was, he, he had this little view of, uh, of production people. It's because that's the hardest, that's the heaviest lifting as an actor you'll ever do is, wow. you know, crying in a rubber suit. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the book's about that. The degree is uh, is actually um, that I think that might have been uh, my my publicist sort of like I'm a I'm a Mason now. So um, and and I just uh, I joined the Scottish Rite earlier. Da, da, da. Anyways, I'm a long story short, I'm a 32nd degree Mason now. And over the wow. flat, past year and a half, I've been you know studying and building up to doing that, and it it takes a lot of work um, alongside everything else that I do. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's, okay. let's go through that real quick. Thank I got to ask you. Usually three. everybody goes silent when I mention I'm a Mason. <laughs> Are you allowed uh, to talk cool. about that? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can talk around. Let's, uh, let's go. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. You did pretty good there. But you're, you're a comedian, a musician, mm-hmm. an actor, yep. a Mason, True. a writer, mm-hmm. um, a, a person, uh, a scholar. Mm-hmm. How the mm-hmm. hell do you fit this all into a twenty-four hour day? I don't know how. Uh, how much? <laughs> how much time do you waste? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you the truth. I have a I have an app on my phone called Focus, and I use it um, to um, do incremental stuff. Like right now, I'm jamming a script, obviously, and it'll take me about yeah. three weeks in total to finish an entire rough draft of a feature. So that eats up my entire time. But the rest of the time, while I'm doing rewrites on it, for example, I will pace out those rewrites in two-hour chunks, put a 90-minute practicing guitar in there, um, treat every day like a work day as best I can, um, and and then shoehorn other stuff in. You, like, 
first of all, all you hear from actors when they're doing a movie or a television show is hurry up and wait, right? Yeah. They spend all their time in their trailer waiting for them to move a light. What, what are you doing in your trailer while that's happening? I learned Chinese while that was happening. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you, know, you know, yeah. I mean, I speak Chinese because of downtime in my trailer. You know, so really? pe- pe- yeah, people have a lot of extra time. That's incredible. And, and it's absolutely incredible. The one thing we're all equal with, we all have the same amount of time that Oprah had. <laughs> yeah. It's very Good true. Point. Yeah, your work ethic yeah. is just crazy. Like like I said, I followed mm-hmm. your career and um you're so disciplined and you're mm-hmm. just you're you're funny as hell and it was just mm-hmm. it was so great talking to you finally. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> we'll come down and say hi and you know, and when when I'm at the actual club or whatever, the you know the Thursday night show is usually an experimental show, and then Friday, Saturday is the regular show. Um, oh, okay. And so each one kind of has a, you know, its its own, uh, you know, like thematic base as it goes, you know. Because what I do is I, on the road I, at clubs, I build up my hour. So, you know, Thursday can often be the writing night, and Friday, Saturday is the, you know, is the more like cultured version of what's happening. Um so, because I have a little more room to play time-wise, because there's only one show on Thursday, so it can be a little, or it can be a little shorter, it can be a little more, you know, crazy. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> well, yeah. we have the so Thursday it's, show it's, then. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's awesome. So you can check out more of Hal with HalSparks.com, H-A-L-S-P-A-R-K-S.com, and Philly people, since we're a Philly-based show, Helium Comedy Club, December eighth. Uh, I'm sorry, December 7th, 8th, and 9th, mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Two shows to catch them on Friday and Saturday. Ladies love them. The men want to be them. We had an amazing time, House Sparks. Thank you so very much for showing up on the show tonight. We hope to have you on again. We definitely want to see you in Philadelphia. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'll, t- I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Okay. You, you too. Got Thank it. you. Hal Sparks, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Hal. Bye. Sure. Bye. Oh, fantastic. Jewel can say goodbye to him enough. <laughs> oh. Uh, everything we had hoped again. <laughs> yeah, everything we had hoped for, just even better than I thought. The amazing house sparks. Funny. I love when a guest just talks about real life and has you just cracking up. He's got so many great analogies. We heard his music earlier. We heard him be funny. We heard him talk about his attributes and life and what he does and how he does it his free time. One of the ultimate true, I'm going to say, one of the ultimate true human beings that you ever want to meet. Fantastic. Yeah, focus. He's super focused. He's so disciplined in everything he does, and it really shows and pays off. Like, he's just funny as hell. I'm so happy we got to have him on and talk to him. It was great. Are you, are you calm now? You were <laughs> beat red the whole time? <laughs> I felt so bad because the whole time <laughs> the hamster wheel was turning. I hope. I hope the hamster wheel uh, wasn't caught on the audio. Um, I don't know if you heard that, Jeff, but might have to take a I'm little just, bit. No, I'm, get that hamster I'm out just, here. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I may just listen to all the excellent work of Hal Sparks. Probably the longest interview we did. And i got to be honest. Good. You know, I heard him say he had to cram in a script. I probably could have kept him here until 10 o'clock. I could have kept on talking. I know. He is man, he's I great. Know. So great. He don't forget Philly. Don't forget for our Philly listeners, um, December 7th is a Thursday night. It's uh, from 8 to 10. Um, Friday night, the 8th, two shows, 7.30 and 10. And then on the 9th, again, two shows, 7.30 and 10. 
at Philadelphia's Helium Comedy Club, Hal Sparks, lead singer of Zero One, comedian Zoltan from Do Where's My Car, uh, Queer's Folk, Talk Soup. The credits are just when you when you Google him, Jewel, because obviously we get people when you want to Google him and find out about their stuff. You can't fit all the movies and stuff that he's in in like in like ten pages of scrolling. He's in so many different things. He's great. I love it. I know. I know. He didn't get to talk about really lab rats or any of it, but no, it was just, it was great what he did talk about. So, <sighs> super excited. Al Sparks, uh, once again, I got to tell you, Jewel, an outstanding job, because, uh, uh, you know, in the beginning, uh, I, you know, I did a lot of legwork myself in finding a guest, and, and Jewel being new, I was like, how do you get people? I'm like, you know what, just find people you like, find people you think are going to be good. And just hit the publicists up. And then Jewel started doing it. She's got some amazing acts. A lot of them from November are Jewels. And she came out and she said, I'm going to die. We got Housemarque. And I, I was going to die. I'm like, what? I love that guy. And he was even better than I expected. Just terrific. Thank you again to Hal Sparks. Whew. Got to take a deep breath after that. It was, it was so great. <laughs> I, I, think I, I think I need a cigarette. <laughs> I don't even smoke. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Schwitzing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, of course, we gave the uh, shout out to uh, Sagan and Nick from Hal Sagan. Apparently, Nick is, is I'm sorry, Nick. Is, apparently, Hal's big fan of theirs, and uh, they're talking about some uh, some work that would be awesome. And of course, Jules' lovely co- cousin Brittany got her shout out as well, and she's just banging it all over social media. She's so excited to uh, <laughs> to get the hello from yeah. Hal. Sparks. She's from Philly, but she lives in Cali now, so maybe she can see him out there. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, apparently they're that's where they're looking to do their little uh, music act for him and uh, Hale Sagan. I'm jealous. I want to be out there. Awesome. I know. I'll I go know. out there for that. I yeah, have family Sagan out there. A, I'm on the next plane. Yeah, there you go. you got a place to stay. Yeah, Sagan sent us a pretty awesome picture of uh, Hal, Nick, and herself. And uh, very cool. Very cool. Great time tonight. Uh, so that brings pressure to all the guests we got coming up. Pressure's on. You all have to be... Uh, you don't have to be Hal Sparks now. Except Steve Howley. He's going to be awesome. And we'll lead a force. You don't have to be nobody. She's lead a force. <laughs> <laughs> Just be Absolutely. nice. Be nice. Yeah, no, right? Not a lot of things. And he's we'll have a good nice. time here. Yeah. He's, and he's all of nice. our guests have been. All of our guests have been wonderful. So no complaints here. I was going to ask... Um, I said again, he said he had scripts to write and you don't want to time crunch him too much. I was going to ask him how no. our podcast is doing since he's a uh, big podcast guy. He's got a couple of different podcasts. I was going to say, hey, how's our show? We're not a podcast, so we're a live radio show. Big difference. Well, his is called The Hal Sparks Radio Program Mega Worldwide. So top yes. that title. <laughs> yeah, and he also does a, a morning show called Hump Day with Hal. Uh, I believe it's Stephanie Miller is the woman that regularly does the show, and, and Hal guest host every Wednesday at uh, Hump Day with Hal. Hey, cool. What, hey, what doesn't he do? You think he sleeps? I I, I don't know. I don't I don't know how he sleeps. <laughs> He's just super determined. Well, I don't think he drinks, so that that takes a, a lot of my time. <laughs> that's, that's my time a drinking. One. No. Could be productive. Now so now gets a he gets a ninety nine in my book. He doesn't drink, so yeah. that's minus one. But he gets a ninety. <laughs> he doesn't have to drink to be a good time. No, you don't. You don't have to drink to be a good time. That was about taking clothes off. 
I know. I switched the words. Did you catch that? (laughs) Yes, we did. Um, Okay. Let's get into a couple more topics. Ezekiel Elliott has decided today that he's putting away his appeals. He's getting out of the courtrooms. He's going to serve a six-game suspension. Uh, We've touched on it a little bit here on the show. Uh, Elliott is alleged um, for spousal abuse, violence against a woman. Um, He has finally decided time has come to just pack it in and and take a six-game suspension. Justly served, Jewel? Do do you think, you know, this will straighten out Elliot, do you think it was the right decision here? Like he decided that himself? He's yeah, he's going to give up. Gonna, yeah, he's going to give up on the appeal process. At least that's the way it reads. It looks like he has decided to take his six games. I mean, I guess he's just tired of fighting, and no one's going to believe him anyway because it's just like, you know. I mean, after all of the sexual allegations and the media and everything and the, and the Ray Rice thing, like, it is true. Like, he he's going to get the blame for it, even though he might not have been at fault. So, I mean, yeah, maybe he's just over it and stepping down. Taking yeah, one for I the guess team. The, yeah, I guess the time is coming, and they're not going. It's not going to go away. to serve it eventually. Uh, in case anybody forgets, it is Dallas week, as we say here in Philly. Uh, Eagles and Cowboys uh, Sunday night football. But that is Ezekiel Elliott, and I kind of didn't want it to be that way. I don't want any excuses of why we beat them, and oh, we didn't have Elliott. But it is what it is. Let him get his six games out, and uh, let the league be happy, and he'll come back strong next year. You know, I I never give Cowboys props. I hate the Cowboys. I'm a diehard Cowboy hater. But this kid's got talent, and uh, he'll be back next year, and he'll be back showing him what he's made of. Uh, Deadpool two. The teasers are out, folks. <laughs> Little Deadpool 2 feature. Uh, Deadpool as Bob Ross. That's right, he's dressed up as the painter Bob Ross, the guy with the big fro who makes the, the fabulous paintings. Uh, happy little painting, and it looks amazing. Uh, <laughs> equal to Ryan Reynolds' filthy superhero smash Deadpool is in theaters June 1st, 2018. And today we got a little preview. Um, the real treat is seeing Reynolds uh, in character as Deadpool. And especially as a, uh, a drugged up Bob Ross. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Uh, how excited are you for Deadpool? Are you, are you a big Deadpool fan? I love Deadpool. I love Deadpool before the movie came out. The video game was hilarious. He was literally like, I, I remember walking in on Mike and he was like, it was like Grand Theft Auto, but a superhero. Like He was like robbing people yeah. and like yeah. messing with hookers and running all around the city. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you love this. It was just so funny, and then the movie was hilarious. I'm so excited for the second one. Um, Josh Brolin's going to be in it as Cable, yeah. and he's just Ryan Reynolds is just a freaking piss. He's like beat it like you owe <laughs> the paintbrush. Oh my god, it was hilarious. Him as Bob Ross. Yeah, he's yeah, he's another one of those guys. Ryan Reynolds. He's uh, funny. He acts, and uh, all the ladies love him. I'm starting to hate these guys. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Yeah, I love Ryan just, Reynolds. Good at everything. Good at life. Yeah, he's what are he's we doing? Perfect dead <laughs> <laughs> he is he the perfect is. Dead yeah, he's, he's I know. terrific. And they couldn't have asked for anybody better. I love Green Lantern. Like I love that story, but the movie was so horrible. But I love him, and I love Green Lantern. So that was a big letdown. But uh, he's a phenomenal Deadpool. Absolutely. Um, all the talk we did on Monday, we gushed on Monday about Wonder Woman. Uh, but not even Wonder Woman can save the Justice League, apparently. 
Uh, ABC News, this is a quote directly from ABC News, and they said about Justice League, although marginally better than Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad, director Zack Snyder's latest is still a profound mess of maudlin muscles, incoherent action, and drop, jaw-droppingly awful CGI. It is big, loud, awful to look at, and oh-so-dumb. Wow, that, that's harsh. Crazy. That's pretty harsh. Crazy. Crazy. That, that's some, some harsh words. Do you plan on seeing it? Do you want to see Justice League? God, I, I try to see all of the big blockbusters, especially the superhero, the Marvel. I try to see them all in the theaters. I don't even know if I'm going to do that. Like, should I just, you know, <laughs> watch it on my fire stick? I don't know. I don't want to be let down. It's such a shame. Like, they said it was a, a step better than Dawn of, Dawn of Justice and Suicide Squad because they were both, eh, like, mediocre. Yeah. But, ah, uh, it's just such a letdown. Like, and they also said it was, like, over-sexualized with Wonder Woman when Patty Jenkins did such a great job making a great origin film for her. So, yeah. I mean, I definitely have to see it. I hope Superman's in it some way, Dark Superman. I thought he was fighting Dark Side, but it looks like they're just fighting a bunch of robots or some shit. So, I don't know. I, I guess I'm going to have to see it. Are you going to try to see it? Uh, maybe wait till video. I've been doing that a lot lately. I'm just not a huge movie theater guy anymore. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's thirty dollar uh, popcorn. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I'm waiting for. I, I'm going to be in the theaters in mid December. I'm seeing Star Wars in the theaters. Okay. I'm pumped for last for last Jedi. I, I'm I'm pumped for that. Um, Justice League. The wife likes movies. This is a movie she wouldn't really be crazy about seeing. So I can keep it off the list. Wait for video. Um, honestly, I mean, Jason Momoa or not, I'm not going to see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh, yeah, I didn't even know Star Wars, Star Wars was coming out in December. Ah, oh, it's coming out in December. I'm so excited. That is going to be amazing. The the raging question is Luke Skywalker turning to the dark side. Oh, my God, I can't wait to see it. I'm so excited. I'm a Star Wars geek. I am. That's my favorite. You're going to count Ugh, I have to catch up. I, I really, I watched a handful of them, but or handful. I have to watch them all in a row one day, just like marathon. Yeah. Uh, if you do, there, there's the great debate that race is on way? Star Wars fans. Right, which way? Uh, the original way, the way we did it as kids, four, five, six, and then one, two, three, and then seven. I don't know. Yeah, seven, and then Rogue One. It's just nonsense. If you do it in the regular order of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one is going to get you nowhere. One is senseless. One is a movie that really means nothing. Um, two is okay. Three I thought was really good. Obviously, four is the original, which was good. Uh, five and six were both really good. So the early stuff, not as good. Um, I even heard that now they may have struck a deal for three more sequels. Wow. Yeah, That's so the, the Star Wars uh, saga apparently is never going to end. It's like Star Wars, Marvel, all the way at the bottom, DC. Like, DC yeah, needs you know, to freaking catch up. Just put your shit together. Just just take a comic and make a movie off of that. Like, I don't understand why DC has such a problem. Like, just get your shit together like Marvel. Marvel does perfect casting. Like, everything. Like, all the characters are perfect. Their storylines, they're... Freaking, just everything about it is just 
100% on point. And DC just cannot, for the lo- life of them, I don't know why. It's they, like, they get play. close. Here you go. <laughs> they they get of. close. With Christian Bale's Batman, I felt they were back in the game. I yeah. felt they had it. It was so good. Bale was great. The stories were really great. The villains were good. It wasn't campy. There was jokes and quips in there, but it wasn't campy like Michael Keaton stuff. And then, in my opinion, I get hell for this, but the Superman stuff has been clunkers. I thought the Superman movies are terrible. Uh, I liked um, I liked the one with Henry Cavill, though. Like the uh, last one. I, yeah, it didn't do it for me. And then they did the Batman v Superman. Bale's gone. That was Affleck terrible. And, Terrible. A lot of people thought so. A lot of people thought and so. I, I, loved, I survived like, Oh, sorry. But you know how they did, no. like, Logan? Logan was number two on the best superhero movies of all time. If they did an older, I'm not saying Ben Affleck, but an older, rugged Batman, like they do in the cartoon, and then he has the sun and everything, I think that would be a great movie. But I don't think Ben Affleck's your guy at all. Like, there's so many other good people for that. But Batman being older and all beat up is is a good idea, I think. Yeah, I like it. I like um, I said I like the way Bale did it. It was okay with Keaton, but I don't know. Um, yeah. Me and it, it's weird, but I, I say this: Bale is definitely my favorite all-time movie superhero. To me, second, good guy, bad guy, plays defense really awesome. Loki from Thor. Hmm. He is amazing. Uh, I love the character. He's perfect. It's, uh, of course, Tom Hiddleston. He is perfect. Have you ever seen you the Thor movies? Or seen... Thor? Yeah, yeah, he went out for the Thor part. Like, hell, <laughs> no. But he's the perfect Loki. Oh, he is incredible. I mean, that character makes you, you love to hate him, but yet, mm-hmm. deep down inside, you love him, even though you're not supposed to love him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that should be a movie. Batman versus Loki. It's Christian Bale and Tom Hiddleston. And I love, like, <laughs> Harley Quinn, like, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is excellent. Oh. Like, her her and Jared Leto need their own movie without freaking Will Smith, even though he's great. But the whole movie was about him. Like, if it was just Jared Leto and Margot Robbie, they're a good team. I thought that would have been a good movie. I, yeah, I think... Um... Even keeping Jared Leto out, I think Margot Robbie needs her own like twenty-hour movie where she just walks around in that Harley Quinn it's outfit. Jarring <laughs> to hear, like, like my daughter watches uh, the DC superhero girls and Harley Quinn. Her voice is so high and jarring; it's like <laughs> hard to hear. Like for an hour straight, you get you get sick of it. So <laughs> no, <sighs> but no she's problem. she's a great Harley Quinn. Oh my goodness! Jeff's Jesus. just gonna put it on mute and watch. <laughs> Yeah, I might. I might. Uh, that's kind of, I mean, the, I Suicide Squad was one of the movies I accidentally pieced together. You have movies like that, like, oh, I got to see it. And then you catch it in the middle. You don't turn it off. And then you're like, ah, crap. Then you go back to the beginning and you watch a little bit and you're still missing pieces. That's how I kind of did Suicide Squad. But for me, it's it's Margot Robbie Squad. I saw I that in the movies. Highly disappointed. Did <laughs> yeah, well, but I, I did that with Guardians of the Galaxy. I watched the beginning like ten times because I own it now, and I, for the life of me, cannot get through it because something's always happening. So I have to just sit down and watch it. 
Yeah, we don't make too many too many enemies here when I talk about the things I don't see. You know, apparently some of these legendary movies I I don't get to. It happens. It happens to the best of us. One what? thing we do have to get to what? What? We what move like the big like the, like the big Lebowski. I never seen Big Lebowski. The Coen Brothers. Stupid. Even Hale said it. You, oh God. <sighs> Sit, John Goodman. Have a couple beers apparently. and watch it. Couple of beers. That's what I do here on the stoop. I drink a couple of beers. It's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't understand it the first time I watched it, and then you watch it a couple of times, and it's a piss. Had to um, had to take a sip of, of beer. Saturday night, folks. I had to give a shout out to this. It's a little something that uh, me and some friends do. It's grown in masses, and I promised everybody I would say it on the show. A little thing that we call the not-too-shabby Jingle Balls and Liquor Holiday Bash goes down this Saturday. We do all kind of appetizers and hors d'oeuvres. We do all kind of beer. We do this fabulous drink creation called Boilo. And what Boilo is, is a shot served warm. Um, Whiskey, oranges, lemons, cinnamon sticks, nutmeg. Uh, I think ginger ale, and then it gets boiled into a pot, and you serve it warm. It's terrific. Wow. And that's coming up, that's coming up this Saturday, so if any of my friends are listening, i just got to tell you how amped up I am for this great event Saturday. It's uh, it's, it's going to be stupid, in a good way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Everybody that everybody that sees the house sparks thing all comments, Zoltan. The man's like, he's Zoltan. He was the guy that said he didn't want one of them stereotypical kind of name <laughs> and there he is as Zoltan everywhere he goes <laughs> Zoltan he is <sighs> we're doing it did I get well, it right well thanks for Zoltan. the that, yeah that, that's right well thanks for the Thank invite you. for your uh, Friendsgiving <laughs> I'm kidding wow is that, a, is that a sarcastic knock this one's it's, <laughs> it's not my baby I attend it but it's not my baby and, um, Sorry, I actually have plants. So it's all good. <laughs> a lot of a lot of people go, and uh, his wife gets a little more nervous as the uh, the numbers grow. But hell, it's a great time. I actually have a twenty year wedding vow renewal. Isn't that awesome? Up the Poconos, that so that is pretty awesome. I know. Um, my my oh. girlfriend Karen been married twenty years, so That's I'm like going to go up and and celebrate with her. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. I'm really excited. I haven't seen her in forever. That is pretty awesome. I'm still amazed to this day that I, I lasted 20 days. I figured my wife would have murdered me by now or thrown me out, and I'm still here. Still still rocking. Still rocking. Rockin'. Free world. Yep. <laughs> Talking about my dream fantasies of stupid actresses like Madeline uh, Zima and uh, talking about Beyonce's butt. And she keeps me around. <laughs> hey, oh, well, <laughs> we all have our things. You, <laughs> right. When you got a face like this, the ladies like to keep you around. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Poor girl. Uh, so let's do again what we did last week, or last week, what we did Monday. We're going to do a quick, short, three song version of. Oh. <laughs> What's on my playlist? Jewel Tatey hitting the high notes. We're going to do a quick one here. We're going to do a three-song real quick, and then we're going to get to uh, the roundup of who's coming on the show. Um, 
Grand Prix Long Night with Hal was worth every second. So quick shout, Jewel is quickly thumbing through her music library. As we do, we shuffle it, we play the songs, we tell you why we like them, we score it, I beat Jewel, and everybody's happy. I'm going to kick it off real quick with a dual cover version. The band is called Dream Theater. Talk about cult classics. The Dream Theater, an awesome musically talented band. And they do a uh, two covers. They do Funeral for a Friend and Love Lies Bleeding by Elton John. And it's an awesome cover. And it's uh, from their album, A Change of Seasons. If you're not familiar with Dream Theater, they've been around quite a long time. Uh, get familiar with them. Very talented band. Great get stuff. Get familiar. Get familiar. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, that's my first uh, entry. Jewel? Very nice. Thank you. Um, this is actually just on my playlist because me and my sister were making a little video for my dad, and um, it's a uh, John Denver featuring oh. Placido. How do you say that? Placido. Placido Domingo. 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 Perhaps Domingo. love. And oh my God, yeah, she put all the pictures together and it was really short, beautiful old tribute of my dad and like all his kids and everything. So happy birthday to my dad. That's awesome. Happy birthday, Dad. Again, fantastic. Uh, I got a, I got a song for your dad as well. Um, this one I dedicate to him. It's uh, oh, Pitbull and Mr. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> you know, it, it, you only get one birthday a year. Pitbull is the ultimate entertainer. Mr. Worldwide, hey. your dad, you know what I mean? Happy birthday again, Jack. Already started. For one day here for Mr. Worldwide. That's my second selection. <laughs> It was out the Jules Battle's birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think. He's probably like, what the hell does that mean? Oh, my God. Yeah, he's going to hate my list after this. <laughs> I, go to, I go from John Denver to Gucci Mane. <laughs> She's a very freaky girl. Don't bring her to mama. Oh, my God. I have the funniest story about this song, though. We were up Penn State at a Halloween party. And this huge guy, I might have told this story on this show before. I'm sorry if I have, but this huge guy with these huge dreads. And this song comes on, and I don't know what it is, but <laughs> I was going to play a clip of it, but I don't want to get in trouble. But it's like, <laughs> she's a very freaking girl. And he was, like, doing his verse like this and dancing through, like, the entire frat party. Oh, my God. He had everyone, like, cracking up. And, um, yeah, it's a... Uh, and it's like, first you get her name, then you get her number, then you get some in the front seat of the home. <laughs> oh, whatever. It was a good song. <laughs> Brings me back to my youth, my college days. Uh, some people have uh, it, like Hal Sparks with the multi-town. Some people don't, like me and Joel. Uh, oh, what the hell that just it. was? <laughs> oh, what the hell that just was? <laughs> it's great there. So give us the name. Some of people drink and some people don't. <laughs> yeah. Gucci Mane. Gucci Mane. Freaky Gucci girl. Mane? No, Gu- Gucci, like you know, like a Gucci bag or Gucci, Gucci shoes. Okay, it's hard. It's all Gucci. <laughs> and what's the song again? Freaky girl <laughs> with Freaky the U. <laughs> Freaky girl. Not even girl. 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 You know me, girl. Just gotta make sure what songs I never put on my playlist and make sure I spell it correctly. <laughs> Here's one of my favorite bands. Uh, this is my final. This is one of my favorite bands. Um, two parts Candlebox, three parts Live. Uh, they did a conglomeration band. Uh, 
The Gracious Few is the name of the band. Awesome. Kevin Martin from Cannonbox is the lead singer. The guys from Live. Uh, and it's a song called The Rest of You. If you haven't heard of The Gracious Few, I do suggest checking it out. A lot of people compare the music kind of like a Led Zeppelin thing. Uh, Martin's voice, of course, is fantastic. The way it carried Candlebox, it carried the Graces Few. They did one album, and then they got back to the regular band. But if you get a chance, I'm going to promote this album heavily. The Graces Few, that's the name of the album as well. The rest of you. Soft, sweet song. The whole album actually reminds me of my wife, and that's why I love it. Because we discovered them. We kind of discovered them together. Uh, my friend Mark, who lives in York, PA, went to school with the guys from Live. When this man got together, me and him went down to the concert. Uh, awesome time. And you know, me and her have become big Gracious Few fans. It reminds me of my wife, Cassie. And uh, I love it. I love their music. Definitely love their music. That's, That's so uh, sweet. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of crying. crying a little bit. <laughs> no, no. But anyway. <laughs> uh, last one is uh, That's for your dad's birthday also. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I'm all over the place tonight. Connie Francis, where the boys are. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. I loved Connie Francis back in the day. Can I tell you? Oh my God. Mm. Well, my one of my neighbors, JP. He was a sweet little boy. He had he had type one diabetes, so he would always come to our parties, but he couldn't drink because he, he was always, you know, hooked up to the pack and stuff, but he would like walk yeah. up the steps. Cause it was me and my two best girlfriends and we would always have the party apartment. So like all our friends, they would all live downstairs from us and they would all come up and he's like, Joel, anytime I walk up, cause my room was, <laughs> was right near the steps and I would always have the windows open, my music blasting. So I would play like Ave Maria and like Connie Francis. He's like, every time I walk up the steps, it's, it's like I'm going up the stairway to heaven. <laughs> oh, geez. To your, to your music. So, yeah, I, I, I have some I have some good tunes on my playlist. That's pretty cool. I like Connie Francis. I like everybody. Kind of like Connie Francis. I used to love Connie Stevens. I'm weird like that. But, no, that's great. I like that. Very... She loves Philadelphia. Yeah? That's awesome. Yeah, she was in that's the awesome. uh, Italian... Italian parade, the Italian festival parade. She was the uh, marshal. What do they call it? The, the head marshal of the parade. Yeah, Grand Poobah, the Grand High Grand, Mr. Grand Marshal. Grand Marshal. Yeah, <laughs> Grand Marshal. Connie Francis. Still, oh, Flintstones? Marshal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Marshal Mathers, your boyfriend there. Anyway. Yeah. Good job tonight. Good, uh, good abbreviated version of what's on my playlist. Jeff's uh, Dream Theater, their cover of Funeral. Funeral for a Friend and Love Lights Bleeding by Elton John. Um, in honor of Jules' dad's birthday, Pitbull and Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> and uh, the, gracious, the gracious few with the rest of you uh, dedicated to uh, my lovely wife. Gracious few. Like like yeah. these of old. Uh, Jewel with uh, one of her all-time favorites, John Denver. And yep. uh, Placido Domingo. Who doesn't love Placido Domingo? Perhaps love. And then I don't know what the hell happened here. Some crap called Gucci Mane and Freaky Girl, and we derailed for a moment. And then we came back with Connie Francis. <laughs> Where the boys all? Great job tonight. Excellent. Excellent. That's you as well. well. Thank you very much. Let's run down what's coming up on the stoop, because there's tons of stuff. Tons of stuff. And I like to let people... Uh, Know what's coming on. You can listen and say, hey, I know that guy. I'm, I'm going to listen. Or I know that girl. I'm going to listen. 
November and December, packing up quick, and a lot of people coming on the show. And we're going to start with our next show. Next time you talk to us will be Monday, November 20th, uh, a beautiful young lady, singer by the name of Bella Elise. She'll be on her stoop. We'll listen to some songs, and we'll talk to her about her uh, up-and-coming career. November 21st, Jewel's going to get nervous and geeked out again. Uh, she'll have to take her back down off the ladder from Shameless. He's big Kev on Shameless. Don't touch anything. Don't touch anything underneath the gold boxers. It's Steve Howie, folks. Yes, oh yes, yes. Steve Howie on a very special Tuesday night episode of the Stoop. Yeah, you're whoop whooping. I'm excited. I mean, I'm a straight heterosexual guy. I'm in love with Steve Howie. I'm just going to show you. Can't wait. That's amazing. That's going to be great. That's the 21st. 22nd is still. I say it's still because I know she's extremely busy and tough to get. But we are still scheduled to have Lita Ford. Next Wednesday on the stoop, I might think. I might think. That's going to be crazy. Oh, my God. I'm just going to tell her. I'm in love with her. 23rd is Thanksgiving, folks. You get together with your friends, have a nice big fat turkey, enjoy your holiday, and enjoy that um, extended weekend for many of you because you got to come back to us on the 27th, and we're going to have Alyssa Jarrills, lovely young actress, uh, doing some shows on a Disney Channel right now. She looks like a lot of fun, very uh, cute young lady, and we'll get her on and talk about her career. November 29th, more great music from Jules Great Ear. She loves picking up these artists. Young lady by the name of Taylor Gale. She's good. She's got some great stuff. Can't wait. We're going to have her on. And uh, we're going to play some songs from Taylor. Very excited for that. She's got a big following on Twitter, Jewel. Yeah, she's huge. And she's amazing. So is Bella Elise. Like, two huge up-and-coming singers coming up. They're, they're totally different, though. So I'm so excited for both of them. Absolutely. Yeah, and we love different. We love new. We love discovering new artists. And, uh, you know, my playlist is jammed with people that made their way to the stoop. Matter of fact, I gave you Hal Sparks' song on my uh, on my playlist, too. Oh, hell yeah. Several- yeah. Oh, yeah. December 4th, uh, we go a little bit country. Yes, folks, Jeff Perini's going a little bit country. Uh, from Michael Stover's wonderful stable of talents, it's Cherish Lee, country singer, up-and-coming country singer. Uh, again, the daughter of uh, Charlene Tilton from Dallas. Lovely young lady, country singer. Good stuff. She'll be here. Maybe I'll even have to like country for a, for a night. Uh, December 6th. Actor goes by the name of G-Rod. That's right, G-Rod is playing uh, some shows on the BET Network. Gabriel Rodriguez, he's going to be on the show. Very excited to talk to him. He's got a great background story. It's very exciting. He's got a lot to talk about, and we're excited for that one. December 11th, which is a Monday, Philip Broussard, another member of the Michael Stover talents and his stable of great artists. Uh, Philip used to be a Navy guy. Now he's a uh, pop singer. We're going to play some songs from him. Talk to him about his military days. Thank him, of course, for being part of our wonderful military and keeping us free. Uh, The 13th, Jewel's at it again. Another big Philly act, Vita and the Wolf. Jewel, how good is this one? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She's, like, incredible. Go to YouTube and type in her song, Bury Me. You'll be floored. You'll be on the floor because she's just so good. Love her. Awesome. If you're listening and you want a preview, it's Vita, V-I-T-A, and the Wolf, W-O-O. L-F-A. Vita and the oh. Wolf. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vita I, and the Wolf. So I'm check there's out. no way. <laughs> there's no way? Not really? I don't think there's an A. Damn it. In my calendar, there's an E. It's embarrassing. Just two O's. 
Who do I have to fire around here? <laughs> Myself, because I wrote it. Um, December 20th, this one is going to be great. I'm really hyping this show up because I am so amped. Found this young lady on Facebook and so excited to talk about the glory days of Married with Children. Juliet Tablack. She played the, the risque uh, Darcy niece on uh, Married with Children, Amber. And she's stoked to be here, and we're stoked to ask her about the days of married children. And Joel, I asked her if anything's off limits. She said, absolutely not going to ask about anything. I said, married children? She said, fire away. Can't wait. Oh, wow. Cool, cool, I know. cool. So, this will be a good so show. December 25th is Christmas. Make sure you're loving your family and getting together with your family and friends. That's currently the end of our lineup, but we have so many more coming. Joel's very close to getting a few. I'm very close to getting a few. Going to go into the new year, and big news for Stoop fans. Going into the new year, just found out today, a possible return performance by Lilith in the Night, as new music will be dropping in January. How exciting is Yay. that? Yay! I'm so excited. It's going to be a good year. Kicking off with that, and it's just, ugh. We're, we're, yeah. we're slowly building the schedule, and it's it's going to be great. It, it's an exciting schedule. It's all over with all different kinds of talent, and we love that. And, of course, January, getting Lilith here. We love Lilith. And now mm-hmm. it's neat when the guests start to kind of mesh together. Oh, my we God. We have Taylor from Shameless, and we have Steve Howley. They're doing a Shameless thing. We had Sagan Amory and Nick, and now Hal Sparks knows them, and they meshed that together. Crazy. Well, it's just getting yeah, crazy. It's getting that great. And... Uh, Hal said we're now, Hal Sparks said we're now in, in the now, you know, because we had him on the show. So maybe uh, maybe a little email to the publicist and we'll see if we can uh, hang out, meet and greet with Hal Sparks. It'll be really exciting. I want to thank Hal yeah. again. I want to thank him again for being on the show. Uh, fantastic act. And Jewel, once again, tremendous work on bringing him here. Uh, one more thing in closing before we say goodbye and end tonight's show, we talk about something else that's ending. And it's ending in 2018 with one more big shebang, and that's the Vans Warp Tour. Uh, wow, this is kind of a big week, Joel. I've actually, uh, I've actually never been to a Vans Warp Tour, but they always get a great lineup. It's more of a younger kids kind of crowd, kind of a skateboard crowd, but they get great bands. And this has been going on for years, and it's a big tour. But it's ending in 2018. Um, the death of these, it seems to be the death of these big tours. Ozfest. It's still clinging, but it's not as big as it used to be. Uh, Crew Fest, of course, is going with the retirement of Motley Crue. Now Vans Warped Tour is packing it in. Uh, are the days of mega concerts coming to an end? I don't know why it's ending because, I, I mean, there's things like Lollapalooza and Bonnaroo and um, The Burning Man and Made in America is huge. So I don't know why. I mean, I think if they get the names, then then people will come. But I mean, they like they have extended like even to Europe. Like so many of the bands I follow have gone to like shows and festivals and stuff over there. So maybe that could be the cause of it. I don't know why, but I guess if they're not getting the money or the names, but I don't know why they would. Yeah, agreed. I I haven't really read the story yet. If you go to Billboard uh, magazine, Billboard.com, they actually have a uh, 
The headline reads, Work Tour to Hit the Road for the Final Trek in 2018, and it's an exclusive interview with the founder, uh, Kevin Lyman, and he explains why he feels time to pack it in. So check out the article. I'm going to check it out after we get off the air and, and find out what's going on with Vans Warped Tour. But I, I'm a guy, I'm a, I'm a junkie for stuff like that with multiple bands. I've been to a couple of I've been to Crew Fest. I, I like watching several bands getting together and having a long festival of things. And it seems like some of them are, are dropping by the wayside. Now, Lollapalooza had that big mess with Jane's Addiction uh, for years. Uh, Perry Farrell, the supposed creator of it. And uh, so I guess there's a lot, when there's that many hands in the pot, things get messy. Yeah. And the one by us, Firefly, too. I've never been to a festival. I've always wanted to go, but um, it makes me sad. i got to get to at least one. Firefly is the one... Um, Firefly is the one that goes off like in North Jersey, I believe. I thought it was Delaware. There's probably one uh, in North Jersey too. I could be I could something mistaken. Else. I don't know. Every year, uh, every year, me and the wife say we're going, and we never go. So. I know. <laughs> so uh, maybe that doesn't work out. We'll see. One day, maybe the stoop. <laughs> yeah, one day, maybe the stoop will put together a festival. Do- oh, that's. Yeah. That's what, what I was gonna what say. Uh, we have to get out more. Because I did go to that show the other night and I got two interviews out of it. So just going to shows and, and putting the soup out there and getting great local Philly artists. These these guys aren't from Philly. They're they're really big. Um, I don't want to announce their names because I think they'll be on December or January. But uh, yeah, super exciting. So I can't wait to go. Every um, guest that comes on that's playing in the Philly area has invited us out so yeah we're definitely going to come out and see you guys I definitely want to go to the Overwinter show Overwinter she's going to be playing um, November 29th at the pharmacy uh, that's South uh, 18th Street and then the next day December 1st Sheena and the Newsbleeds are going to be playing at the Barbary so guys if you're around go check out both of them they're both fantastic phenomenal and yeah, and then we'll go see how Sparks in early December too. So I'm so excited. Jesus. The big big weeks coming up. <laughs> Tell me about it. my God, I'm not gonna have enough time in my life. We need a we definitely gotta get a uh, we need an intern. We need uh, a lackey. We need somebody who just wants part time gig to know what we do here. So this is a the informal job announcement. You can keep care keep track of our paperwork and our emails and plan our shows for us and uh, we'll pay you and, and here. Uh, yeah. I, I try to get my nieces to do it, but they, <laughs> they're teenagers. They don't care. <laughs> Someday it's going to all be theirs. This mega empire of the stoop can be there. <laughs> I know. Play <laughs> your cards right, kid. Just they're like my lame aunt. They don't care. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a little upset with my, my, future sister-in-law, because she didn't know who the Zoltan was. What? What? Calling you out, Beth Joint. <laughs> Somebody said Zoltan. Oh, my she said, who? God. She said, never saw dude, where's my car? again, maybe 20 years ago. Ouch. The great house. Whoa. Zoltan. Go see any movie ever. He's in a, quite a lot of movies. He's in a lot of movies. Okay, it's like I was looking at, like I said, I'm looking at his credit list. Like, God, this guy's like everywhere. Very awesome. And, uh, and now his comedy the... special is funny. Very funny. Go, yeah. go watch that. Very... Now he's on the stoop. He adds that to his amazing list. All right. So we are uh, pretty much set to pack it in. 
closing out a uh, an amazing Hump Day show with uh, Hump Day with Hal. And uh, great songs, great music, great list tonight, Jewel. We brought it home. You were a giddy little schoolgirl for a while, but kept together. Well, proud of you. Oh, your, your, your romance for Hal Sparks. Oh, jeez. Shining through. I told him Not all the chicks get Hal Sparks. He kind of chuckled. Kind of chuckled a little. Like, ah, I don't get chicks. Come on, you get chicks. Stop it. Well, not now. He's got to... Get strange. <laughs> summer. Summer <sighs> summer solstice. Kind of like a play on the word summer solstice. Kind of cool. She's, She's cool. cool. Don't be jealous, Joe. She's cool. Oh my God. <laughs> Whatever, Jeff. <laughs> Whatever. Wrap it up. Cut it out. Wrap it, wrap it up. You are done. You have derailed. Um, yes, that's it. So we're going to see you Monday. The lovely Bella Elise will be our guest. It's going to be a music-packed episode. So looking very Yay. forward to that. Thank everybody for joining us tonight. Once again, we thank Hal Sparks for being with us as well. For the lovely, amazing, beautiful uh, daughter of birthday man herself, Jewel Tatey, I am Jeff the Shark Perini, reminding all of you, don't dare be a douche. Or how Sparks is going to plant your face in the ground. Nobody said that. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Sultan. I'm out. <laughs> yes, you did it tonight. That's good. Stop right there. Stop where you're at. All right. Sultan, I'm out. Stop. Jewel, you did great. Bye That's perfect. Bye. Bye-bye. You can only do it for one night, but man, that was... I just like sneaking. Sneak in the corner. Bye-bye. That was... Bye-bye. All right, folks. We will see you Monday. Thanks again for listening in so much. We really appreciate it. You make the stoop everything it is. Good night. And have a pleasant tomorrow. Wow, that was a jewel, Tatey. Goodbye. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.